Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining with us for this week's podcast. As per usual, before we begin our time together, I want to take a moment to let you know a bit of what's coming up in our community. This week, Sam Seifert is wrapping up our series from Philippians titled Gospel Citizens. And coming up on December 1 and 2, we have our Women's Advent Retreat at Southview. The women's ministry is combining what used to be the spring retreat and Christmas dessert night, and they want to intentionally slow down and reflect on the waiting that is the Advent season, looking at those that waited in the Old Testament. You can register for this event on Realm or through our website, and early bird pricing is available until November 12th. The best way to know what's going on at Southview is by checking out our weekly viewpoint, and you can find a link to our viewpoint in the episode description of this podcast, or you can go to Realm and join the group Southview Family Updates, and that will make sure you're always getting the weekly viewpoint in your inbox. And if you're new with us here in this digital space, we'd love to hear from you. You can find an online connection card at the bottom of that viewpoint, along with a prayer request form so that we can support and join you in prayer. And additionally, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. But now today, no matter how you're joining with us, may each of our hearts be open and expectant, because God is here and Jesus invites us to bring all that we are and all that we're currently carrying to him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let's seek the face of God together. And next we have our sermon text from Philippians chapter 2, from verse 19 to 30 of the NIV version. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show you genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy had proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, who, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him to the Lord with great joy, and honor people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. Amen. Hello, everyone. How are you doing this weekend? Good. Yeah. One person's enjoying life. Love it. Uh, well, we're so glad that we can be uh, together as we finish off uh, this series uh, on uh, Gospel Citizens. 
uh, before we uh, enter into our last series uh, next week uh, to finish off uh, the book of Philippians. And our service is leading us uh, to this high point, which we're going to be coming to late in our service, which is uh, communion. So we uh, are prepared as we come to God's word. It's all leading to being fed uh, by Christ himself. And so we're uh, super thankful that we get to come and, and partake in that meal together. And if you weren't here, a couple weeks ago, we had our AGM, which was awesome. It was such a fun night. It was a blast. A lot of you think, oh, AGMs are boring. It wasn't. It was awesome. It was so cool. And uh, you missed out. It was uh, a great time to be together as a community, talk about where we're going, looking, celebrating all the things that have happened this past year, and uh, moving into this next season of life and where God's leading us. And so we're super excited about that. And uh, we had a new uh, board member uh, voted on to our elders board. Uh, Arlene Bergen has now uh, joined our board, so we're super thankful uh, for her. So let's welcome her to our board. And uh, Christy Cook has stepped off our board, so uh, she's uh, now done, and uh, Arlene is joining us. So uh, thank you, Christy, for your service on our board as well. So let's... She loved that. Do you want to stand or anything? No, okay. Um, we're just uh, glad that we can be here and celebrate these things. Um, I was, uh, I don't know about you, but I like uh, watching certain kind of movies, uh, mostly action movies, uh, things that move along quickly, dialogue, boo, you know, action, yes. Uh, same thing with even football, like I'll uh, record football shows um, and I'll just fast forward to the scoring parts. Like I just want to see the action like all the time. Like that's kind of how my brain is working. Uh, Cammy's like a little, you know, slower talking shows and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a choice with some topics that you get to potentially choose from that we're going to talk about tonight, okay? So I've got four uh, multiple choice, and you're going to get to shout out which one you want us to have some conversations around, all right? So this is kind of just an option. All right, so first one, A. Uh, we could talk about the Chicago woman who is 104. Uh, she skydives from a plane. Uh, she's trying to break the world record, all right? Uh, B, we have uh, Starbucks workers raise over 40000 uh, for a barista who their car was burglarized. We could talk about that. Or C, we could talk about some of the grassroots groups committed to bringing peace in the Middle East. We've got Women Wage Peace and Women of the Sun, both Israel and Palestinian. Uh, they're empowering women on both sides of the border to shore up support for peace in their communities and build trust across divides. Pretty cool uh, nonprofit organizations. And then D, uh, my parents couldn't come to visit this weekend. They were planning on it and uh, didn't work out. So we're trying to work out, you know, future travel plans and just ciphered stuff, you know. So, so those are the four uh, topics that we can talk about. So uh, which one would you like to potentially talk about? All right, so mostly D I'm hearing. So mostly D, okay. So... In reality, after all the exciting teaching, the rich teaching we have explored so far in this series that we've been calling Gospel Citizens, this section of Philippians um, could appear to be kind of like waiting in a security line at an airport. Pretty boring, especially for those of you who are not Nexus travelers. You're just going to stand in line for a long time. Because at first glance, when we, re- when we look at these verses, thank you for reading uh, this evening, verses 19 to 30, they look like kind of a bit of a snorer, you know, kind of this is what I would read to get ready to go to bed at nighttime. 
And I guarantee you, and I, as a pastor for over 25, six years, I have never met anyone, never met anyone, whose favorite passage or verse comes from this passage. Not one person. No one's like, my life verse is Philippians 2, 21. No, never. Never heard of it. Because why? It reads kind of like a travel log. It was kind of like the information on D. My parents coming up and we can't work it out. Whatever. Nobody picked D. No one wants to hear about that. Why? It's boring. Hey, everyone. Hope you're doing well. I'm trying to send Timothy to come check in on you. But first, Epaphroditus is going to come home to visit. I know you're worried about him. He almost died. Then Timothy likely is going to try to come and make it. And then I'm probably going to come after that. You know, as long as things work out with my trial, we'll try to figure all that stuff out. It's kind of like, seriously? We're going to spend a whole weekend talking about this? Well, maybe there's a little bit more going on here. Because Paul commends the character of these two guys. He holds them up as these model servants saying, this is what I've been trying to help you understand, church. This is what it looks like to live as a gospel citizen. Now, we're not going to find anything super extraordinary in this passage. There's no light shows. There's no acrobatic stunts. There's no hobbits disappearing with magic rings. There's no 140-year-old, 104-year-old women parachuting. But faithful Christian living doesn't always look extraordinary. We're drawn to the dramatic. We want the action. And as a church, we get sucked in to the extraordinary as a product of the culture in which everything kind of gets sensationalized around us. And as a result of our addiction to sensationalism, we get bored easily. We can't be still. We can't study. We can't listen. And we tend to kind of downplay faithful, normal Christian service that honors Jesus. Because God normally meets us and uses us in the ordinariness of life. That's where God meets us and uses us. It's in the ordinariness of life. So, imagine your life over the next four weeks. Think about you, your life. I don't know where you work. I don't know what you're going to do over the next four weeks. But your life is represented by this $100 bill. Alrighty. And you're just like this. Okay, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to go all in on that one opportunity you have for me this month to just let the, know, let the world know how awesome you really are. I just give me that one opportunity this month. But the reality is God is looking at you and I and he will say this. no. I think this is what I want you to do. I want you to take that $100 bill and I want you to go to the bank and I want you to cash it in for $100 worth of quarters. $100 worth of quarters. Now I want you to go through this month putting out 25 cents here and there. You know, listening to your neighbor, giving a friend a ride, holding the door open for someone, leaving a good tip at a restaurant, actually saying thank you to your server. I actually uh, tried this a few times, uh, asking my server if I could pray for them over anything. 
you know, got weird looks a lot of the times, but there's been a few times where people actually opened up and actually asked for prayer for things. Usually serving Christ isn't one $100 bill glorious moment. It's all done in those little acts of 25 cents each and every day faithfully. Because it's easy to do the one big flashy thing. It's harder to do the Christian life little by little over the long haul. And it's surely no accident that Paul appeals to these two examples in our text today, since they both have engaged in self-sacrificial suffering like Jesus. And Aristotle, he said long before the time of Paul, he said this, the use of examples serves the purpose of providing witness in support of the proposition or even as living proofs that the proposition is true. And that's probably how Timothy and Epaphroditus function in Paul's argument here. They are kind of what Shakespeare would say, the ocular proof. That lives worthy of the gospel, lives of loving self-sacrifice, are honorable and worthwhile. And they help to achieve the end of unifying a people. And in this case, a people who will live as citizens as the commonwealth of heaven. So if the Philippians accept the lives of Epaphroditus and Timothy as noble, honorable, and worthy of emulation, then the proposition about living lives worthy of the gospel receives living proof. And so our main point is this. Gospel citizens shine brightest in their humble acts of service, echoing the humility of Jesus. And so here's what it looks like with two, two just regular bros. Timothy, he's given several commendations in our passage. There's no better co-worker. His passion and care are unparalleled in verse 20. There's not one selfish bone in his body, verse 21 and 22. And he's actually devoted himself to the gospel mission like a slave, it says. And he's been faithful to Paul like a son. Timothy exhibits the kind of characteristics we looked back at a couple weeks ago in 1 Timothy 2 in verse 3 and 4 looking towards others' interests and focusing on Christ and his gospel. And so for Paul, Timothy represents that singular focus so admirable in any follower of Jesus, the joyful delight in building up believers, encouraging them into further and deeper devotion of following God. And Paul's second example then is this guy by the name of Epaphroditus. He's only mentioned in Paul's letters in Philippians. Now, Epaphroditus, it was a common Greek name. It was usually associated with the goddess Epaphrodite. And it's fair to speculate that he may have been a follower of the cult of Epaphrodite before following Jesus. But in terms of his status and function in the Philippian church, we do know that they entrusted this guy with the important task, task of sending gifts and money and aid to Paul while he was in prison. So much like his commendation of Timothy, Paul's description of Epaphroditus is extensive and it's extravagant. He commends, he commends Epaphroditus with several honorific labels in verse 25 alone. He says this, he's a Christian brother. And that was kind of the fundamental term of relationship within the believing community. It was familial relationship. He was a faithful co-worker. Now when Paul calls someone a co-worker, this intends the imply that the person exercised some form of leadership alongside of Paul, and they became kind of a public representative of the faith, such that they inevitably had to endure hardship. 
He's also a fellow soldier who risked his life for the gospel mission. So these are descriptions that kind of pertain to how he relates to Paul. But he's also commended as two other things, as a messenger or as a minister to Paul's needs. So Paphroditus in this passage serves as an apostle. That's what messenger means. One sent on behalf of the congregation to perform a given task. Now, he's not an apostle like Paul is an apostle. It just means that he's sent to do a specific task. I have apostles in my household. I tell my younger daughter to go upstairs and tell her older daughter it's dinner time. She's a messenger with a specific task. She's my little apostle. She's speaking on my behalf. And that's what uh, Epaphroditus is doing. The task then is expressed with this kind of metaphor from the sacrificial system. He ministered or he performed a priestly duty on their behalf. So in a culture where prisoners were not cared for by the state, but those necessities for life, especially food, had to be supplied by someone, it usually came from friends or relatives. So this is no small thing this church is doing for Paul. They've offered a priestly service to God by sending Epaphroditus with these gifts necessary for him to sustain life in prison. And so this guy is like really the unsung hero in the early Christian church. And he served as a vital messenger and minister to both Paul and the Philippian church. And his story teaches us the profound value of humble and unnoticed service in the kingdom of God. Emphasizing that every single role, regardless of recognition, is crucial in fulfilling God's mission. Every single role. I don't know if you know this, but we have two teenagers on our cameras tonight. How awesome is that? They're serving in these roles to make a difference here in our community for our live streaming. Let's give them a round of applause. That's awesome. And if you want to be a part of that, you can also join and be on those cameras in the back because we need help. It'd be great. Every role, regardless of recognition, is crucial in fulfilling God's mission because gospel citizens shine brightest in their humble acts of service, echoing the humility of Jesus Christ. Now, Philippians chapter 2 is largely about the virtue of humility, which supports Christian unity especially when it comes to putting others' needs and concerns above their own. And so as we examine our lives and the ministries that we're a part of here at Southview, we begin to see these kind of characteristics that the Holy Spirit wants to build into his people as we grow and mature and serve Jesus. So I'm going to put a list up here. There's going to be 10 things. And I want you to listen carefully to them and be listening of where God is prompting you in your own personal life. Where is God inviting you to help you grow? Where is God inviting you to grow? So we're going to just walk through these and just be thinking about, okay, that one kind of hit home. I just want you to write that down and just engage with it this week as you're kind of thinking about what does it mean to live my life as a gospel citizen serving each and every day. So live for Christ, but be aware that others are observing your life too. So be an example before them. Realize that you're gifted by the Holy Spirit. Live out and serve in that gift. Never neglect it. Be committed to the person and work of Jesus, even if it comes at a cost. 
Be faithful in adversity. Be a disciple maker, not just a disciple. Be dependable, trusted, reliable. Live in such a way that others can count on you. Keep seeking to mature in your faith and walk with Jesus. Encourage other believers. We all need that, right? There will be times that we'll be afraid. But by God's grace, let us be brave and courageous. Look for new ways to solve problems. Innovation and resourcefulness can really help the church. So I want you to just think about that this week. And maybe one of those kind of hit home. I want you to write that down or text yourself. And just be thinking about, God, how can I grow in that area of my life to better reflect what it means to be a gospel citizen in this world? Because faithful Christian living, as described by Eugene Peterson, is long obedience in the same direction. That's what faithful Christian service is. Long obedience in the same direction. Like Timothy and Epaphroditus, faithful Christian living involves pouring out our lives little by little, in practical acts of service over the long haul. It involves giving out quarters every day, 25 cents, praying with a friend or a stranger, helping someone move, making a dessert for a neighbor who's having a rough time. Epaphroditus was a guy delivering a gift to Paul, and he got sick along the way. And Paul's essentially saying in this passage, he spent some quarters, so he should be honored. So what I want you to do this week, very simple. I want you to invest four quarters each day this week into others' lives through acts of service. All right? Four quarters. Put them in your pocket on one side opportunity to do an act of service, maybe it was with your spouse, your kids, co-worker, neighbor, friend, whatever it might be. As you do that act of service, when it's all done, move that quarter from one pocket to the other. I got three more in this pocket. I still got to do acts of service today. What it is, it's a tangible way for me to go through life, to live out what God is calling me to do. Not spending this big glorious moment in the month, but every day having little moments to live out what it means to be a gospel citizen. Now, I know that most of us don't carry cash in our pockets. I mean, I just mostly carry these, but that's me. Um, but most of us don't carry quarters. So for the millennials and the Gen Zs, you know, create like a little serve sticker on your phone and uh, get an accountability partner. And every time you serve somebody doing something for somebody, send a sticker to your accountability partner and say, hey, I serve somebody. And at the end of the day, you should have sent four stickers. Really simple to do these things. So you need somebody in your life that's going to help you do this. So four quarters a day for one week. Try it. Find a system that works for you, get some accountability, and begin to step into the reality of what Paul's trying to help us do here. It's moving us forward. Now, Epaphroditus risked his life in delivering the money to Paul and serving Paul in prison. Most of us probably aren't going to risk our life actually opening up a door for somebody at the grocery store. But this phrase, it's very interesting. 
This phrase, risked his life, it's a Greek word. I'll try to say it, parabuluamai. It was a gambling term. So Paul is essentially saying Epaphroditus rolled the dice, risking his life to serve. I love that. And so what happened was in the early church, there was a group of men and women called the parabolone. Parabolone. It meant the gamblers. Christians committed to caring for the sick. So for instance, in 252 uh, Common Era, historians tell us that a plague hit Carthage. It's in North Africa. And people were leaving the city for threat of contamination and losing everything. Now Pontius, he was the deacon who assisted the bishop Cyprian. He described the blind paddock that seized people at this time. He writes this, There broke out a dreadful plague. Every day numberless people were suddenly attacked and died in their own homes. Everyone was shuddering, running away, trying to avoid the contagion, even wickedly exposing their own dear ones as if by pushing out the person who was dying of the plague, they could keep death out of the house. Listen to this. No one thought of anything except his own selfish interests. No one helped anyone else the way they would have wanted help for themselves. But the Christian leader, Bishop Cyprian, drew all the Christian leaders together in the middle of the town, in a town that had persecuted Christians and blamed them for problems. And he said, fan out through this town and give to all according to their need. And they would not abandon the city in the midst of the plague. Now, no one at the time in Carthage had seen anything like this outreach of compassion. People actually risking their lives to care for people who cared nothing for them, and in some cases, even persecuted them. And Cyprian had transformed the church from a community of the suffering into a band of helpers, a convoy of hope. And it showed the world what true Christianity could look like. Gospel citizens living out their faith in their time. Because friends, selfish acts will always steal the light of Jesus. But selfless acts will reveal the light of Jesus in our communities. So the choice is ours to go out with a bang this month, $100 one time and live selfishly, or every day, okay, I got a whole swag. There's, do you know how many quarters are here? Can you guess? It's pretty close to this number. $100 worth of quarters. Every day. Uh, we read a book as a staff a couple years ago. I want to highlight it. We actually have some, uh, I think, copies in our, our library soon. Uh, James K.A. Smith, he wrote this book, uh, You Are What You Love. Highly recommend it. Uh, to pick it up, it's talking about spiritual habits and how to live your life, um, to loving Christ and how that forms us in our life. He writes this, too often we look for the spirit in the extraordinary when God has promised to be present in the ordinary. We look for God in the fresh and novel as if his grace were always an event. When he has promised that his spirit faithfully attends the ordinary means of grace in the word and at the table. We keep looking for God in the new, as if grace were always bound up with the next best thing. But Jesus encouraged us to look for God in a simple, regular meal. The point being, God meets us where we're at. 
Wherever we are at this week, God wants to meet us in the ordinary and then turn around and help us live out our ordinary lives in service towards other people, 25 cents at a time. He meets us with these counterformative practices, this word that exhorts us to live lives as gospel citizens, to walk humbly, to look out for the interests of others. He meets us with this hunger-shaping meal, this table that invites us to participate in the life and death of Jesus, teaching us to put on Christ, as Paul writes in Colossians chapter 3. And so as we come to this table, we want to have a moment of uh, confession uh, to center ourselves around who Jesus is and the things that we're walking through in this life that we can enter into this week with a fresh start, being fed by Christ himself, being empowered to go out and live, live as a gospel citizen. So I want us to reflect as we uh, uh, grab your little uh, things. You don't need to open them yet, but just hold on to it and just have a moment of silence. And then I'm going to uh, say a few things. And then we're going to have a responsive reading uh, together as we come to a time of confession and uh, trusting that Jesus will hear us and meet us in this time. So, Father, in a world with much evil, just as we watch the news, we trust that you continue to work for good. In a culture where worship, that worships foolishness, God, you still offer wisdom as a gift, and God, we need wisdom. In a time filled with lies, we know that your promises are true. In a society obsessed with self, God, your love is always others-orientated. And so let us come to the one who offers the bread of life, the promise of redemption, and the grace of forgiveness. So please, please join me as we pray these words on the screen together. Most holy and merciful Father, we confess to you and to one another that we have sinned against you by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not fully loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not always had in us the mind of Christ. You alone know how often we have grieved you by wasting your gifts, by wandering from your ways. Forgive us, we pray, you most merciful Father, and free us from our sin. Renew in us the grace and strength of your Holy Spirit for the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen. Just take a moment for silent prayers of confession. And it is in Christ, God sent redemption for all. In Christ, God feeds our hungry souls. In Christ, God gives the cup of salvation to thirsty people. We give thanks to God for everything, 
for risking it all to bring us forgiveness, hope, and new life. Amen. Amen. So I invite you to open uh, your communion, uh, the top, and then also open up your juice. And then hold both in your hand. So on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and after he gave thanks, he broke it, and he said, this bread represents my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then again, after supper, he took the cup. He said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Every time you drink, you do this in remembrance of me. And for often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. So we come to this meal to be fed by Jesus, to have strength to live out this unique challenge of living out these quarters each and every day this week by his power and his strength for his glory. The body of Christ broken for you, received from him. blood of Christ was poured out for you to receive. Amen. Amen. Sustenance for this week. Who knows what you're going to experience? Aren't you excited to serve? I'm going to put this in my pocket soon so no one takes it after the service here. We have a really cool opportunity coming up in a few weeks. You want to know what we're going to do? Up on the screen, check it out. Get your cameras out. I know a lot of you missed this last time. Mark the date. Our next Southview Social after our service on November 11th, 12th weekend. A couple weeks ago, Saturday night, I have to say, you guys represented. I think you had the most food at the smallest service. Huh? These people care about their church at Saturday night. 11 o'clock, I don't know what they were thinking, but man, it was like two donuts and a casserole. I, yeah, it was weird. So anyway, uh, it's an opportunity to come. So uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have this, and we want this to be participatory. So this is your service. We want you to make it your service. So uh, bring a dessert, and the theme is kind of like a dessert from kind of something you grew up or your homeland. So uh, something that you uh, really appreciate. You just want to bring that uh, for uh, your friends here at church. And like we always say, if you can make some extra, take it to your neighbor, invite them to church. It's always a fun little adventure uh, to see how God can use uh, you that week. So, and we have a serve opportunity, so we do need help. Um, helping out with those uh, by setting up uh, stuff and, and tearing down at the socials. And so we have a sign-up table at our uh, information uh, table, and we want to build a team from Saturday night. We're going to build a team for Sunday morning at 9 and 11, and this is your service. So you can just go over to the uh, info table and put your name down to say, I would love to help out at the service that I care about. And if we get enough people, you can kind of rotate through. We're going to train you. We're going to equip you. And the whole goal is for this team and this service just to look after your service and help with those things. So if you sign up tonight, essentially, you can move a quarter from one pocket 
to the other tonight. You get a head start. And if you bring a dessert on November 11th, you can put another quarter in the other pocket. And if you actually follow through in serving at that service, another quarter goes over. That's three quarters opportunities right here that I've just given you. Basically, the work is done. Okay? So that's really coming up because gospel citizens shine brightest when they do humble acts of service, echoing the humility of Jesus in this world. And so let's do this together as a church. And I want to thank you for participating and helping bridge build a building community here at Southview. Uh, we heard lots of great feedback from the last one that we did. We want to continue to do these. We're going to be rolling them out uh, in the coming uh, months as well. And it's just an opportunity to connect with people. We'll have uh, tables and chairs everywhere. Go and grab your food and hang out and, and do that. Thank you for those of you who brought uh, bottles uh, this weekend for our missions uh, uh, trip weekend. If you forgot your bottles, uh, we have two services tomorrow morning. You can just drive by and drop them off. Um, or you can just go to the uh, info desk and just, you know, hand one of these in and say, hey, I forgot my bottles. It doesn't count as a quarter, though, because, you know, one, one glorious thing doesn't work, okay? <laughs> so uh, thank you for being here this weekend. I invite you to stand as we close our service with a benediction. Our service isn't over. It's an opportunity to go connect with one another, to walk up to somebody that you've never met before. Introduce yourself. If you've never met me, I'd love it if you would come up and introduce yourself. I'd love to connect with you and uh, just an opportunity to hang out after our service. Don't forget the social in two weeks. Some of you are going to forget. I know it. So put it in your calendar. All righty. So as you go into this week, thinking about, okay, God, I got a lot of quarters, a lot of opportunities before me. Let's do this together. Can you imagine over 1,800 people who call Southview home, spending over $100 worth of quarters over the next four weeks in our city. That's kingdom living. That's a church that is living out gospel citizenship in this world by God's strength, empowered by his Holy Spirit. So you go in this week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Have a great week. Have fun serving. Come next week. Tell me some stories. I look forward to it.